Are you ready to hear my story? There's a lot of it. Buckle up. I'm Naama, and this is Becoming Better. So here's my story. I'm the youngest in my family. Both my parents were divorced before they met each other. And when I was growing up, I was the baby. My older half sister and my older half brother were much older than me. So I effectively grew up an only child. And my parents, let's just say they were not super interested in spending lots of time with me and connecting to who I was as a person. It was the 80s. They were lucky if I came home at night. In the end, I grew up obsessed with fantasy and science fiction and make-believe and imagination. I loved art. I loved singing. I loved dancing and music and talking to the wind and the animals. There wasn't a week that went by that I didn't bring home a frog or a bird or a lizard, and it would drive my mom nuts. I was definitely a wild child. She was always telling me to calm down and quit being so wild. I have a lot of mom stories. In the end, though, she was who she was and I was who I was. One of the things that I knew about myself early on was that I was intuitive and I could communicate things, communicate with things beyond sight. It made my mom deeply uncomfortable and she kept telling me to stop it. That's how I know I was doing something right. This sense of intuition enabled me to pick up on tone and pitch, body language and unspoken conversation. It made me a very good observer of human behavior. It also, unfortunately, made me weird and it was very difficult for me to make friends, obviously. Growing up, I retreated into books and movies and I fell in love with spirituality. I started studying Buddhism and Hinduism. I started studying meditation, yoga, paganism, Wicca, witchcraft, anything I could get my hands on back in the day when the book stores were brick and mortar and you were lucky if you had a single bookshelf that had anything of interest on it. By the time I was 18 and in college, I had started a religious tolerance club and was practicing goddess-centered pagan practice in my own way. It was the early 2000s. It was Northern California. Everybody there is hippie. Everybody there is fruits, nuts, and flakes. So I fit in really well. I found that at the time and growing into my adulthood, people were always coming to me to tell me about their relationship problems. And the answer seemed fairly obvious to me, but Let's just say I wasn't perfect and my own biases definitely were showing. I was a spoiled brat. Uh, I was a spoiled brat since as long as I can remember. And growing up and becoming an adult, it didn't really change. I was the youngest. I was the baby. And when I talked to people, I kind of expected them to just 
bend to my will because that's what happens when you're the baby and you're a spoiled brat. That being said, <clears throat> becoming an adult, meeting my ex-husband, connecting to other people in the world, I became very aware of my own flaws. <laughs> I became very aware of my own flaws. I was far from perfect and I never wanted anyone to point that out to me. But then again, when we're in our 20s, we think we know everything and we definitely don't. Life moved on. I got married. I had a couple kids and eventually my marriage fell apart. I was obese. I was clinically depressed and I was suicidal. It's not pretty, but it's a fact. I spent most of my life from my teens in depression and anxiety with suicidal ideation being just a normal part of my life. I actually have lost track of the number of times I tried to take my own life. And I can absolutely tell you that a good chunk of it was chemical and a good chunk of it was the people that were around me. In the end, one very fateful Halloween night, I was presented with a choice. I could become happy or I could end my life and be done with it all. Suffice it to say, I chose the first. I heard a voice in my head as I stared up at the full moon that night, and I said, what do you want from me? And the voice said, no, no, the question is, what do you want? And I said, I just want to be happy. And the voice said, all right, if you want to be happy, what are you willing to pay in return? And I thought to myself, I have to offer the scariest thing I can think of, which is to be brave. At that moment in my life, this was Halloween 2013, I was a coward. I was afraid to live my life. I was afraid to manage my money. I was afraid to take care of myself. I was afraid to repair my marriage. I was afraid to be a kind person. I was just willing to just be angry all the time and defensive all the time. I was afraid to pursue a career that I loved. I was afraid to love people. I was afraid to let them in. I was just a coward all the time. So when this voice says to me, what do you want? And I say, I want to be happy. And the voice says, what are you going to do in return? I said the only thing I could think of, which was to be brave. The next thing I knew, something told me, very well, as you wish. The next morning, I was launched down a path of spiritual development and awakening that began with the Red Tent Movement, which I'll get into in other episodes. But eventually, six months later, I was 50 pounds lighter. I had left my ex-husband. I had broken my family. I had found my own apartment. I was living on my own for the first time in my life. I was fully and totally responsible for my bills, my budget, my car payment, my relationships, and I had to rebuild the connections that I had with my kids. My life was a mess. I think they call it blowing up your life. That's basically what happened to me, but in the best possible way. Within that six months, I had burned a lot of bridges. I had hurt a lot of people. I had fallen financially into near poverty. And I had to absolutely start from ground zero. I didn't know who I was. 
I didn't know what I wanted out of life other than to be happy. And I had no idea how to get there. And nothing made sense. Eventually, I started to move into women's circles in Phoenix, Arizona, and started surrounding myself with women who loved and nourished and nurtured me. And I was able to love and nourish and nurture them. And the number one thing that changed my entire life from beginning to end was gratitude. I learned from these powerful women the power of gratitude. I learned what it meant to sit down and be grateful for my life and to realize how damn lucky I was to be alive, to be breathing, to have a body that worked, to have money in my bank account, even if it was five bucks, to have a car that functioned, to have a job, to have a place to live. I learned at every meal and every interaction to make deep eye contact with people, to hold their hand, to let my guard down and to tell them I was grateful for their existence. This was revolutionary for me. It was absolutely the antithesis of everything I was raised with. I was never taught to be openly transparent. I was never shown or modeled authenticity on any level. I just was shocked to learn that life could be better than what I had had because I had been convinced by my socialized programming that this was all I was going to have. A crappy marriage, a crappy job, a crappy, unhappy, miserable body, a broken family. That's all I knew. And surrounding myself with these powerful, strong, embodied women helped me realize that I could be that way too. I started to leverage the technology that we have for good, not evil. And I began listening to lectures on YouTube. It started with the incredible, timeless Earl Nightingale. He has a video on YouTube. I highly recommend it. And I'll put it in the show notes. It's called The Strangest Secret in the World. I committed to listening to that speech every single day for 30 days. And somehow, by the grace of God, I managed to do it. It was one of the first things in my life that I'd managed to do every single day. And after 30 days of it, I was a different person. That, as you know, led me down a YouTube rabbit hole full of algorithms to help me learn more about myself. Earl Nightingale led me to Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar led me to Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn led me to Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins led me to Lisa Nichols. And... Eventually, over time, I started to realize, oh my God, this is my life. This life doesn't belong to anybody else. No matter what I've been told, no matter what gaslighting I've experienced, this is my life and it's the only one I have and I need to get off my ass and live it because no one's going to help me. No one is going to save me. I have to do this, otherwise I'm screwed. And I had gotten a taste of the joy and beauty and passion that I could get out of life. And I wasn't willing to compromise anymore. Fast forward, about three years later, I was wealthier. I had a new car again. I had a ton of friends, huge circle of women who were loving and kind to me, who I gathered with every month to celebrate our wins and to mourn our losses. I was involved in various different 
healing circles and communication groups. And I was reading and educating myself on things like neuro-linguistic programming, life coaching, self-development, taking courses, going to lectures, going to public speaking. Obviously, this was all before COVID. And I had learned and begun to master the art of manifestation. Manifestation, in a nutshell, means tuning your brain and tuning your thoughts to receiving all of the abundance that the universe has to give you and acting as though the stuff that you want is already waiting for you. Some people call it the secret. Some people call it the law of attraction, whatever you want. But the point is, I started to learn what it was and how to use it. And it worked. At the beginning of 2017, I wrote a list of all the things that I wanted to accomplish in my life. It was a practice that I had started and I really liked it. And I made a list of every quality that I wanted in a partner because I really wanted a partner, but I also really wanted to be myself. And I knew that once I had finally gotten happy being alone, that that was enough. And the universe, God, divine creator, they would send me what I needed when I needed it. Nine months later, I'm not kidding, in nine months, I met the most incredible human being. And there are no accidents. There are no coincidences. But when I met him, my life changed for the better. And he was absolutely nothing, nothing like I expected my life partner to be. It just goes to show you that we make plans and God laughs. Now, you're probably sitting here going, all right, you're 15 minutes in. What the hell does this have to do with life coaching? Well, this person that I decided to commit my life to was quiet, reserved, calm, level-headed, and he wasn't much of a communicator versus me. I am a chatterbox. I don't stop. I have thoughts and opinions about everything. There's two kinds of people on earth, the ones that need to think it out and the ones that need to talk it out, and I need to talk it out. The more I interacted with him, and frankly, the more I interacted with all of my circles of friends throughout Phoenix, the more that I realized that the biggest obstacle, the biggest hurdle for all of these people when they would come to me with their problems is that they couldn't really understand how to get their ideas across. And they weren't really good listeners. All of the communication classes I took emphasized this concept of deep listening, deep listening. They emphasize this idea that at the end of the day, you have to be able to listen to a person and listen to what they're saying and what they're not saying. When I met my partner, I actually had to put these practices into practice. Now, it didn't hurt, obviously, that I was a 10-year veteran of working in call centers. That employment, that career working in telecom made a huge difference because I got really used to listening to the tone of people's voices. And I could pick up on things that they didn't even realize they were saying. It was a perfect combination of life experience and work and career and relationship coming together, teaching me that I needed to take my experience and my knowledge and my wisdom of all my failings and my past tribulations and turn it into something that helps people communicate because Like I said, I'm no angel. And when my life blew up seven years ago, I was a mess. 
And I needed to learn how to become a better person for myself and for my kids. And I learned it through better communication. I learned it through building boundaries. I learned it through choosing my words wisely and choosing the timing of when I'm going to bring up a conversation and when I'm not. All of these things were embodied for me and I learned them and I was able to put them into application in my life. Fast forward again, it's 2020, I just gave birth and then a week later we have a pandemic and now we're in lockdown. My kids were with me for three months straight. Their dad was working in a public facing role. We were all going crazy. I was sleep deprived and we had no family support for this newborn. The only thing that gave me any sort of ray of hope in the dark, exhausting nights was taking classes online. I would just sit and listen to lectures while I was nursing the baby. And I started getting certified in different things. I got certified in NLP, in life coaching, in project management, in diversity and inclusion. And I realized that these were goals and dreams and interests that I love. So now here we are, March, 2022. I'm a certified life coach, certified diversity and inclusion management coach, a longtime group facilitator, and I can help people. It's been a really long road, a really long struggle to become this person. Because like I said, growing up, I was a spoiled brat. And in my 20s, I was a bitch. I was really unpleasant to be around. And it was really difficult for me to make friends because I always thought I was right and everybody else was wrong. Obviously, now that I'm 40, that's not the case. And I've learned to favor patience and acceptance over anger and having to be right. At this point, I love what I do. I love being able to listen to people and give them practical tools and techniques to become better. It's not something that I received a whole lot of, except occasionally in therapy. And frankly, people need this, especially men. Men need emotional communication tools. I firmly believe that the patriarchy that we are suffering with as a society began and will end one day with men. Men are not at fault for being socialized to hate their own emotions and to hate their own feelings. As children, little boys are victims to the patriarchy just as much as little girls. And I firmly believe that the solution to a lot of this world's problems is teaching men how to communicate, how to express themselves. That's what I do. It's what I'm good at. And it helps people become better partners. I've realized over the last five years of my life that we form partnerships with all kinds of people. And if these partnerships are not healthy, if they're not equitable, if they're not balanced, and if they're not nourishing, then they're toxic. And I have now learned through many pitfalls what kind of partnerships I want and what kind I don't. And I can help people identify how to make themselves great partners and how to find and create and cultivate great partnerships. It takes work, but it's something that I've become fairly good at.
So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I'm really psyched that you're still here. If you're still listening, please comment below. Tell me what you think. Do you need help becoming a better partner? Can you relate to my story? What kind of things do you want to learn more about? How can I help you? Thanks so much for joining in. Again, you can follow me on Instagram at Naama Seagal, on Facebook at Naama Seagal Coaching, and at my website, www.naamaseagal.com. I appreciate you being here, and I thank you.